Welcome back. Glad to have you. This portion of the program brought to you by our good friends down there at San Giorgio and Calderon Club. Terrific Italian food downtown Milwaukee. Old World 3rd Street, right across the street from the Hyatt. Uh, whether it's the uh, authentic pizza or the great Italian food at Calderon Club, either way, you can't go wrong. They pair it up with Cider Boys down there. Uh, from Point Brewing and uh, good, good stuff. So stop down, say hi to Gino and the gang, Cider Boys, and also at Calderon Club and uh, San Giorgio Napolitano Pizzeria. Good, good stuff. Joining us now on the hotline, a good friend, Adam McAlvey, is here. So, Adam, uh, do you have any uh, ability to hit the baseball? Because if you do, you might have a job. Uh, no, I'm terrible. We have our front office media softball game coming up. So maybe Uh-oh. I should hit the cage. Yeah, yeah, that might be a way to go. Yeah, this team's struggling right now. Do, that. do you ever play in that? I have never played in that. Uh, I oh, have never been asked to play in that, to be honest with you. Oh, oh dear. We've stumbled into an awkward situation here. <laughs> That's okay. I, I think part of it is, is because it's during the time that I'm actually on the air. Exactly, it is. There you go. Okay, so I understand anyway, Sorry I didn't. Re- yeah, okay. No, it's okay. That's okay. I'm good with that. Um, the the Brewers hitting is the most interesting topic because I I'm on my phone so I I was trying to look it up because I knew we'd talk about it but can, can you guys look up while we're talking their numbers of scoring position hitting with runners in scoring position because isn't your sense watching the games that they're terrible um, they're not like look at the, 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 the they're they're actually a pretty good hitting team with runners in scoring position which is. Uh, probably would surprise people. I think it's because they're all or nothing. Yeah, but I think that that is what baseball is. And I really believe this with with baseball in general, with pitching, with hitting, with whatever the weaknesses of your team, if it's, some, if it's bad base running, if it's a game where – or a week where you get a couple of runners thrown out at home plate, you think your third base coach is terrible. I, I really – strongly believe that because baseball is an everyday sport and you just can't watch all the games like you can on an NFL Sunday where I feel like if you're an NFL fan, you get a real sense of like what the other good teams in the league look like because we're all like staying up Sunday night and watching Sunday night football and we're getting together. I get together with my friends every Monday night, watch Monday night football. So you're watching other teams and other games in baseball. There's too many games to do that. So you think your team is the worst at whatever their perceived weaknesses because you don't see that every team is 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 bad. And, they are and number one. Bad because they are right number one at score with runners in scoring position, Adam. They right? are number Isn't one in Major bizarre? League Baseball with OPS. With OPS, with batting average, they're twelfth. Exactly. But with OPS, they're number one. So if if the point is to like you know hit doubles with runners in scoring position or just get on base. Uh, and keep the line moving. They've done a good job. And I think this is reflective of where baseball is right now, where pitching is the dominant force in the sport and situational hitting everywhere is it's a different ball game right now than it was when a lot of us who love this sport got into watching the sport. And I, baseball can be so cyclical. And I do think there's going to be a time where a group of players comes along or a team comes along and starts playing it, you know, the small ball way again. 
And then maybe the game swings back to that. And then after that, then some team comes around and starts hitting for power. And then it becomes a power game again. I, I do believe that baseball goes in these cycles. And right now, um, everywhere, situational hitting is not the name of the game. It's, it's analytics. It's maximizing run scoring opportunities by trying to hit the ball hard. Uh, and it's the home, the home run. Because you can't, as Craig Council says this all the time, with how good the pitching is right now and how specialized it is and how big the staffs are relative to what they were when we all grew up. And you get five innings from your starter and you're fine because you've got enough guys to cover it the rest of the way. And by the way, they all throw 96-97. It is really, really hard to string together six hit innings to put crooked numbers on the board. But what does put a crooked number on the board is a home run. I, I, it, it can be very unsatisfying brand of baseball, uh, but that is just where baseball is at this moment, in my opinion. I mean, I would completely agree with that. I, I think Craig Council has made that extremely clear. There are certain times and certain situations to do things to, quote, manufacture the run and or try to move guys along. But for the most part, it's grip it and rip it. And, and that's kind of the way they play ball. And that's why it looks like at times an all or nothing offense. Um, yeah. And you know, I think you nailed it. You, you nailed it, Bill, right there, where there are times where you're going to have to win a game. And yesterday was one of those days, right? I mean, yesterday was a day where mm-hmm. runner on third, one out, and you're two, three, four four hitters coming up. Willie Adamas has to put a ball in the air to the outfield and score that run. And who knows if, if it's a totally different game for Josh Hader in the situation up one versus a tie game. So um, I, I, I'm certainly not trying to like throw up my arms and say, forget it, just try to hit dingers. Uh, because there are situations, there are days where you have to be good situationally. And on those, the Brewers have certainly lost games that are there for the taking if they're just able, like yesterday, to put a ball in the air and score that run from third. So believe me, they're they're trying very hard to do that. Um, Willie Adamas is not happy with with his, um, you know, say this game is not about batting average much anymore, but I think that's one area where he would point to he'd like his batting average to be higher, just more balls in play. He's, he's hitting home runs. He's actually on pace to break Robin Young's record for homers by a Brewer shortstop. But he would, I think, like to put the ball in play a lot more. And yesterday was an example of where it would have changed the game. Talking with Adam McAlvey at Brewers.com and MLB.com. You can find him on Twitter at Adam McAlvey. Uh, the other question, we got the load management regarding Devin Williams. And Devin yeah. Williams has not thrown a whole lot. I mean, I think you pointed that out. And numerous people said, wait a minute, that doesn't make any sense. Is there something more to this? Or are we just reading too much into the comment? No, no. I mean, there is something more to it because – you know, remember, they check with these guys every day and know how they're feeling. And there's no incentive to not pitch Devin Williams if he was available to pitch yesterday um, with an off day today. You know, that's that's another thing. I, I think there's sometimes comments like, you know, I promise you, Craig Council is not trying to sabotage the team. He's trying to win games. So uh, something Devin Williams said to them before the game yesterday meant that he was not available. And uh, it, it is. It, there was. It was 16 pitches on on July 4th, and he did pitch the day before that in Pittsburgh, but he had not pitched Tuesday, so it was a surprise that he was not available. Uh, but you know, again, they they Jim Henderson, Chris Hook, they go around and these guys throw every day, and something about Devin Williams yesterday meant he was not available. But Craig Council did not cite some injury, so I don't think there's an injury concern. 
uh, we followed, we asked and then followed up and I, you know, gave him every opportunity if there was some sort of uh, something beyond just your general, Hey, I need a day. Um, but we'll follow up on that again, obviously uh, tomorrow night when, when Pittsburgh comes to town uh, because, you know, now they're in this home stretch before the all-star break. And look, like this is, I think a tough time for relievers. I think it's a time where they're kind of grinding to the break. And Josh Hader is a good example of that. Remember last year, right before the all-star break, uh, he had a rough patch where he gave up some runs. And, and yesterday, walking the first batter on four pitches was very uncharacteristic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it, it just seems to me like this is kind of a, a grindy time for relievers, and they need to get through the next uh, 10 days or so, and then they get the all-star break to hit the reset button. Now, we know we're only uh, a few weeks away, three, four weeks away from the trade deadline. So uh, give me your sense as to what direction they're – because we figured they're going to be buyers. What direction are they going to go? I think they're going to make um, incremental ads versus, like, big ads. Because, look, th- there is so much risk when you're talking about adding a player for two months. Um, and I think last year was a good example. Eduardo Escobar was an impact addition offensively. That's a good hitter in Major League Baseball relative to the players that were traded at the deadline last year. And he was as hot as could be. And the Brewers picked him up, and he did very, very little in a Brewers uniform. Um, so that's what makes a deal like that risky. And look, the relievers they picked up the deadline too. Remember Daniel Norris and John Curtis? They were very excited, particularly, I think, about John Curtis. And he ended up getting hurt instantly and having Tommy John and getting cut loose. So he gave them basically nothing. Um, I, I just, this is my sense, my guess. Uh, I think it's more likely to add a couple of players. I think they'll add a center fielder of some kind to add to that mix because they're, they, they're not getting a lot of production there and they're a little thin, especially when Tyrone Taylor is down. I think potentially you could add a third base type and it would free you to use Jace Peterson all over as they've had to do. You know, we've seen him in right field the last couple of days. Um, and I think they'll add bullpen because uh, they're very, very good, seven, eight, nine, But so many games down the stretch are decided in the innings before that and to add one solid guy. You know, I think of Joakim Soria when he came in, someone like that, um, a veteran type maybe, could be very useful. So those are not like, you know, you're not going to have breaking news, special reports probably of those types of trades, but they're the kinds of trades that can help you. And just looking at the roster, especially if they get the remaining injured guys back, most like, you know, most notably Freddie Peralta and Hunter Renfro, um, it just makes it just seems to me like there's there's room to add on the edges, but I don't see them like selling the farm for a huge deal. Have we heard anything about the progress of Freddie Peralta? Because I when they when you say shoulder strain, to me that's always one of the worst case scenarios because there's no there's nothing definitive on it, and it usually means a long period of time. So, is there any news on him? Yeah, well, we did eventually get a, a specific diagnosis, and the the name of the little bit, is, you know, the the little muscle that strained escapes me, but it, there's always this running story on Brewers.com where we have the, the latest of everything we know about everyone who's out. And it's in there if any uh, you know, med students want to go see what exactly is, is happening to him. But the best news we got on Sunday in Pittsburgh, talking about Brandon Woodruff's second start off the injured list, Chris Hook said Freddie Peralta had resumed throwing off a mound. So oh, wow. not just flat ground, but like he's off a mound in Arizona. 
So definitely still has hurdles to clear. But once a guy gets off a mound, that's a really good thing because you can start to map out a comeback, which involves a series of bullpens, then a series of sort of controlled live BPs where you're facing hitters. Then you talk about a rehab assignment. Then you talk about getting them back in there. And remember, I, I, I just keep pounding this, this question that I asked when he first went down because they talk about they expect him to pitch again this season. And, but that can mean a lot of things. And the answer we got was they expect him to pitch enough in the regular season to lay a foundation to be a factor in potential postseason if they get that far. So I was going to say, does that mean like August? Well, to me, I, I, no one has said the word August. Like David Stearns doesn't want to say August. Craig Council doesn't want to say August. But to me, if you're going to come back and lay a, a good foundation to be a bona fide starting pitcher in, uh, in a National League Division Series game, for example, you need to be pitching by the end of August for me. Um, so that's sort of what I'm just my expectation based on putting pieces together and, and the fact that he's off a mound right now. I think, again, that's a really good sign. And they will be able to get him rehab assignments, get him built up to the point where he can come back and be a factor. Real quick, uh, Hunter Renfro. Uh, the calf is more serious than they initially thought. He was out doing running on the field the last couple of days. And I'm telling you, if anyone – I hate that the way the home team takes BP first. Home fans never get to see the home team take BP. Doug Melvin always wanted to uh, change that, have the home team do it second. But Renfro's BPs are like, I mean, it's like, it's it's very, very good. I don't know how else to say it. Um, but it's the running. So he's got to get the legs under. He's got to be able to run and push that calf. And they don't want to send him out there early just because he can swing the bat and then have him break for first base on a double or whatever it is and really blow out because he could be really important to them, not just with the power from the right side, which they need uh, against left-handed pitching, but just what he does for you with that arm. I mean, he changes games and base running, opponents base running with the threat of his arm out there. So that's a big player that they're missing right now. Um, but he is out on the field doing some stuff, so maybe on this next road trip they can try to get him out, although they're being pretty careful. Thanks so much, Adam, as always. I know it's your off day, man. We certainly appreciate it, and uh, we'll touch base later on down the road, okay? All right. See you, Bill. Thanks, pal. Talk to you soon. There you go. Adam McCalvey joining us for a couple of minutes on the hotline. Always get a, good to get a chance to talk to him, but more so we appreciate it so much uh, when he's doing it on his off day because when the Brewers are off, he too is off. So, Thanks to Adam McAlvey for uh, for joining us for a couple of minutes over on the hotline. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at the Four Seasons Island Resort, the Four Seasons Wisconsin.com. And I'm telling you, get up there, whether it's this weekend, next weekend, during the week, business meetings, whatever it happens to be, or you just want to go up and play nine a couple of times and enjoy yourself. Right now, you go to the Four Seasons Wisconsin.com. When you book your room, you put in the uh, the promo code. Bill Michaels 15, Bill Michaels 15, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-S, Bill Michaels 15. Go there and you'll automatically, just for those that listen on the network, you automatically get 15% off your stay, automatically. Not to mention if you run into Todd, maybe down at the Boundary Waters Bar, man, who knows, maybe they buy you a cocktail or two. But I'm telling you, go to the4seasonswisconsin.com and then put in the promo code Bill Michaels 15 and you will get 15% off. Or call. Call the front desk or call Barb, 715-324-5800. 
5800-715-324-5800 and uh, call the Four Seasons Island Resort. A tremendous historical old place on Muscato Island up there in, in uh, Pembine, Wisconsin. Really, really cool. Really cool place. Go up there and check it out. But again, tell them when you call even. Bill Michaels 15 and you'll automatically get 15% off right now. Do it. It's a, it's a tremendous, tremendous place, whether it's swimming or golfing or taking a pontoon ride, kayaking, whatever it happens to be. Or if you've got UTVs and ATVs, the trails are open, you want to go on the waterfall tour, whatever it happens to be, go to four, thefourseasonswisconsin.com or call them 715-324-5800. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome, hour number two of the Bill Michaels Show, and welcome to all of you now listening throughout the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network, our friends in Lacrosse, Eau Claire, Viroqua. Ernie and the gang, and our friends uh, up in Rice Lake, also WMAM and Omni Marinette, Platteville along for the ride, Shano, Clintonville, all around the great state of Wisconsin. Uh, we turn our sights now to one Aaron Rodgers. Why? Two things, one on the field, one off the field. It's that kind of day. And I had somebody be, uh, somebody earlier uh, make a statement about it. I want to get into that. But uh, there's a website that uh, I'm not going to give them a lot of credit, but they said Aaron Rodgers' hilarious take on the Packers' offensive line. And you would think maybe there's ridicule there, but there's really not. But there is some tongue-in-cheek basically saying, are you kidding me? Uh, Aaron Rodgers told The Athletic what he's seen this offseason from his ever-changing offensive line. It wasn't the traditional media answer, but somewhat humorous when he was asked about uh, Royce Newman. said he looks a lot heavier. He might not look the same coming out of the shower to his girlfriend as he did last year. I feel like he's got his belly a little bit bigger, but that might make him a better right guard. And he played a ton of football for us. We've got some young kids in the mix, too, but I like where the line is at. Then he goes on to say, I think it looks pretty good right now. You put 69, Nelton back. Uh, that's a real good offensive line, so we feel good about it. 69 meaning David Bakhtiari. Elton Jenkins also tearing his ACL in week 11 of last season. El and don't forget, Bakhtiari only played one game last year. That was the last one. And I had the ACL tear back in 2020, so he's coming back from injury. So, you know... It in Bakhtiari, nor Elton Jenkins for that matter, not participating in any of the offseason training. But the team does expect him, at least according to Matt LaFleur, to be ready to go. So, okay, I got you on this. There is this thought that anytime Aaron Rodgers speaks, uh, people are ready to jump on him uh, when it comes to whatever it is that he says. He's become that kind of a guy. Either you really respect it, and you think about it on a different uh, different mental level, or you look at him as kind of an aloof nut, one of the two, which is kind of a shame that that's what this whole perception of Aaron Rodgers has morphed into. But that neither here nor said, neither there. So the let's start with the offensive line discussion. 
If you take David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins and put them back on the offensive line, playing the way they were before their respective injuries, I could not agree more. You like the look of the offensive line. No doubt. David Bakhtiari at left tackle, John Runyon, Josh Myers, Royce Newman, Elton Jenkins. Yeah, boy. Then you got Sean Ryan, Zach Tom waiting in the wings, Cole Van Lannon back there with another year under his belt, Josh Nyman doing yeoman's work last year over at the left tackle position. You're, you're pretty solid. Don't forget you got Rasheed Walker, who they drafted, to play tackle as well. So you're not bad, right? I think we can agree on that. Jake Hansen, the backup center, okay. Seem to be pretty good. Now, you got to take David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins out of the mix. Bakhtiari's an unknown. He's played you know one game of football in a year and a half and really hasn't done too much. So you take him out of the mix because you don't know what you have. It is very difficult in the game of football to step away from the game, even healthy to step away from the game for a year and a half, much less recover from injury and train and train and train and train and train and then suffer setback after setback and then still be able to come back and go, I'm as good as I ever was. That's extremely tough. Then you look at Elton Jenkins, who's also returning from an ACL. He's not going to be ready at least until October. At least until October. And if he has the same setbacks as David Bakhtiari, then I don't think I expect too much out of him this season either, which means what was your strength in pass blocking and offensive line, yeah, that's that's not a reliable thing right now. And I think anybody looking at it going, oh, yeah, no problem. I think you're fooling yourself. I think you're hoping that it's not a problem, but I think right now you've got a different reality than a lot of people. Right now it could be, now, with Yash Nyman over at left tackle, I don't feel bad. So if Bakhtiari can't go, you got Yash Nyman, John Runyon, Josh Myers, Royce Newman, and then fill in the right tackle position, whether it's Sean Ryan, Zach Tom, Cole Van Lannon, whomever. Whatever you got, fill that in for Elton Jenkins, if indeed those two guys can't go. It's not completely detrimental, but it's nowhere near the strength of what you thought it was. Drastically different. Drastically different. So I know that it seems to be the throw the hands in the air going, ah, it's okay. But I don't I don't think it's okay. I just I, I mean I my my personal feeling, uh well, first of all, I'm not counting on Elton Elton Jenkins at all. So that whole thing I think is a myth until he actually comes back and starts practicing. I think it's a myth. And the reliability of David Bakhtiari, I, look, I hope Bakhtiari comes back and he plays extremely well. And he may come back and say, I'm going to prove everybody that doubted me wrong. Here you go. But until you do it, you haven't done it. You tried. You gave a, a heroic effort. You drained as much water off of your knee as to, you fill small baby pools. I understand that. So you tried to come back, but the body said, no, you're not coming back. You, you, you can't. For whatever's in that knee or whatever chemical makeup to your being, it just didn't allow you to do it. Once once it was invaded by a knife, it was like, nah, it's not going to happen. So until he comes back, he's not back. I just don't look at it that way. 
It's not that I look at things pessimistically. I look at things in a reality. Until he's back, he's not back. It's as simple as that. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Give us a shout. Again, 877-867-1670. Hit us up if you uh, would like to do so. You can also find us over on Twitter, at Bill underscore Michaels. At Bill underscore Michaels. You can also find us uh, over on the Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook.com slash The Bill Michaels Show. Ben Kenny is on Twitter as well. You can find him at Ben Z. Kenny. Ben Z. Kenny over on Twitter. Uh, don't forget, subscribe for free, for free, over on YouTube. Go to YouTube.com slash Bill Michaels Show. YouTube.com slash Bill Michaels Show. And on Twitch TV as well. Or you can just email the program the old-fashioned way. All you got to do is just go simply thebillmichaels at gmail.com. Thebillmichaels at gmail.com. Uh, Ross says, I feel exactly the same way about the Packers offensive line that you do. All my friends seem to think it's going to be just fine. I don't think so. I think it's going to be a problematic area for Aaron Rodgers trying to get the ball out to guys he really doesn't know that well, which is the reason Rodgers' ass should have been in the OTAs and the mandatory minicamp, which he was at the mandatory minicamp. He wasn't at the OTAs. Uh, Rogers claiming that, oh, by the way, Randall Cobb can teach everybody is BS. Why is he not, as a veteran, in there teaching everybody rather than relying upon the veteran wide receiver at the end of his career to school everybody? That's a lame excuse. Rogers will never win another championship in Green Bay. That's from Ross. Wow. Um... I don't know how to react to that, Ross, to be honest with you. I I think I would agree that he should be there. But, like I've said, I to me, all of the excuses in the world don't mean anything to me anymore because this is about the postseason. This is about getting from point A to point B. This is not about the journey. This is about point A to point B. Um. So... I can't argue with you. It's not that Aaron needs to be there to, to know it. It's that the rest of them need to be there to know Aaron. It, it's That's why Aaron should be there. He doesn't need to learn anything. He knows it. He's the Matrix, man. He's walking to the line of scrimmage. It's all computing in his head, and off he goes. But it's the familiarity with the guys around him to him, especially with new faces, that is needed. And I would agree with that assessment. And here we go. Not even two emails into it. EC writes, he's too busy off trying to become deeply philosophical and putting tattoos on his arm rather than hang out in Green Bay and actually do the work that it takes to be a champion. Two emails into the day regarding Aaron Rodgers, and there you have it. Ben... The tattoo, pretty intricate, I'll say that. When this all came out, did it matter to you much? What the tattoo looked like? Just in general. I, Yeah. I don't really care. I am here for the jokes that are thrown around <laughs> because I, I think they're funny. But no, in the grand scheme of things, I don't care at all. Right. I, I did see someone say, this is what happens when your girlfriend makes her own toothpaste. I laughed at that one. 
I saw this is what you get when you tell a tattoo artist to recreate Kyrie Irving's mind. Oh, my God. I thought that was a good one. And my favorite one was this is like he told the tattoo artist or he asked AI, give me something that will impress Joe Rogan. Oh, my God. But aside from okay. the jokes, I don't care at all. Let, let's do this. Okay, let's first and foremost, the tattoo itself. The artist, whomever that is, um, it's a good job. It's a really good job. I mean, it's good shadowing. It's good drawing. It's, you know, it's it's intricate work. So it's a good job in general, just as the tattoo artist itself goes. Uh, the entire meaning of it, there is just, if you are looking into the mind of Aaron Rodgers, this is the reason the mind of Aaron Rodgers is different than everyone else's. It just is. I am. How do I say this gently for the people that went nuts? I don't care. (laughs) I have seen really good tattoos. I've seen really bad tattoos. I have seen tattoos that I have no idea what they are, but they mean something to the person that it's on. If he looks down at his arm before going to the line of scrimmage and says, okay, I am the matrix, here's what my mind sees with my mind's eye on the top of the tattoo over the two lions that are coming after me, and I've got uh, chondrial data DNA sprung throughout, whatever. I Okay, I, I don't care. It's cool. The uh, design is cool, but it it's just different. We'll just say that. We'll leave it there, right? Yes. What you mentioned before that, I think, is my one problem in terms of the meaning. Because he did, I don't really care what it means, but it was said that he will explain it at some point. This year, we're obviously not going to get a long spiel like we did last year about his relationship with the front office. And that was was a great press conference for what I do as a producer because it made for very interesting radio. What I am scared of is the introductory press conference at training camp will instead be, once a reporter asks him, a 25-minute explanation of every single feature on the tattoo. That's what I'm scared of. So my, my question is to, would be to Aaron Rodgers, and I know he threw it out there as to at some point he'll explain the meeting. Who cares? Is it, is it that? My argument is that's a drama queen. I mean, this is, it's not like he's doing a radio show. Then again, he is. I mean, he's doing some kind of a show over on, uh, on Pat McAfee. Then again, he is. But it, it's, this isn't a tease to the next commercial break. You know what I mean? It's like, do, are, are you that much of a drama queen that you have to show it and not tell anybody what it means? I'll be deeper than you. That's an arrogant SOB right there. Who cares? Look at my tattoo. I'll tell you what it means when I'm good and ready. Rogan probably cares for the record. Yeah, right. Um, so anyway, I you know that's why it's like, look, it's a cool tattoo. Good drawing, you know, intricacy to it. I'm sure any tattoo artist out there probably looked at it and went, yeah, it's pretty good, you know. Uh, but in the grand scheme of things, I you know, who knows. I mean, it might make Florio go, you know, start a rumor because there are two lines right. on it that he could be joining the Lions. That'll make right. for interesting yeah. debate. 
Yeah. Then he's got the uh, the dark mask covered being in the middle, which uh, reminded me a little bit of uh, the movie Eyes Wide Shut. If you've ever seen that movie, I've not. I'm not, I'm not a huge movie goer, but I've seen I've seen that movie uh, with Tom Hanks and Nicole Kidman from years gone by. That's when they go to that. He goes to that secret society, and they all wear those really weird masks. It kind of reminds me of that type of mask in that movie. But the uh, for those that are going crazy over the tattoo, whether to talk about it or not talk about it, it just it it it, it just doesn't trip the trigger. It just <laughs> some people just need something to. Some, I mean, we're, we're like, let's be honest. We're still, what, three weeks away from any football being played or guys hitting the field or what have you, and we're just salivating for something. So there you go. Aaron Rodgers throws out the tattoo, stands on his pedestal, looks at all the peasants down below, and says, I'll tell you when I'm ready. Until then, just bask in my glow. And then he walks away. Okay. There you go. Sound good. <laughs> just All right. It's his first tattoo, you know? At least it's not like Captain Crunch. This is what I eat every morning. Go, Captain. You know, he's got a picture of Captain Crunch on his arm. <laughs> so remember Aaron Rodgers' book club last year with MVS? Yeah. That whole yeah. Barnes & Noble thing about how I right. tried to argue that no one goes to bookstores anymore. Maybe right. uh, Aaron Rodgers' book club this year for the rookies is just he explains one day after another what the constellations yeah. mean. Yeah, he just does like show and tell. Takes a picture of it, puts it up on an overhead projector, and begins with a pointer, a laser pointer, to point out all the significant meetings, meetings of the chondrial DNA that's drawn on the top of Aaron Rodgers' arm, which trickles down to the matriculous drawing that is some kind of a being between two lions and fending them off in some way, shape, or form and proving everyone wrong and whatever. Okay. <laughs> and at that point in time, that's when you're going to hear in that book club meeting... <sighs> Uh, wake me up when it's time to run a route. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, if you want to hit us up, do so. Our friends over there at Quick Trip, they have got some fantastic stuff. And on my way out of town, I am loading up. I am loading up like I'm going to the electric chair. I think some burgers are going in my pants pocket. I'm going to grab me a couple of big sweet teas, uh, fill up both the car and the boat, get it all ready to go, and uh, I'm going to kiss Quick Trip because I'm going to miss it when I'm out of town. Maybe even get a lot of cash through the uh, no-fee ATMs, but I'm going to wrap my arms around it. Hey, I'll be back in a week. And then uh, hug Quick Trip goodbye for a week. I love that place. Don't forget, every time you stop in, use your Quick Rewards card, and rewards will come your way. You'll stack them up, and one day you, too, can walk through the door and go, ah, there you go, I'm going to get this and this and this and that cheeseburger. And they're going to say, by the way, that cheeseburger, there you go, that's free. And you're going to go, oh, this is the best-tasting cheeseburger ever. That's from our friends over there at Quick Trip. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michaels Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.